All right, we are lit, good sir. Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorance. I am Will, the host. I am Mike, the favorite host. Yeah, I already knew that. I that. <laughs> Today we're joined by two dope guests. Brian Garcia, model, comedian, pool player, beautiful man. Beautiful man. <laughs> we are not Only friends. On th- Only on Thursdays. Yes, <laughs> we're not friends. But today we are because Mike's here. So we are friends on Thursday. Yeah, this is a wonderful day, actually. This is a special day. We're also joined by my man Sauce Got Jokes. Where's high man? Comedian. Hard worker. Yes, sir. Sleepy. Jiggle. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been so sleepy that your eyes hot. Bro, plenty of times. You just start stinging your ass and you just hey, stop blinking. The more the more you keep them open, it's gonna start sizzling. It's like you got some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> some bacon in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, today we're going to be talking about uh, all things comedy. Because um, I feel like, and I think me, Mike as, as well thinks, you know, comedy is kind of in, like, between a rock and a hard place. Like, you want to say stuff, but you're scared of the cancel culture on social media, internet, whatever. You know, we've seen, who is it, George Lopez, Dave Chappelle, anybody, any, anybody in their mama, they got to hear about how they should be more sensitive to other people's plight. So we y'all should. Get y'all shit together. No, no. no. <laughs> Get over it. But um, yeah, ready. man, we're gonna be talking about all that stuff. But uh, before we jump into the convo, Mike, hit him with the Patreon. But I'm doing this tag and shit, man. You know I gotta go through. All oh, I'm, oh, so I'm supposed to share the screen? Okay. Well, <laughs> that's what I told you. Paying attention and not drunk as usual. Oh god. Oh god. Drunk. This is kind of well. Where this thing at? Oh, here we go. Where this thing so, at? That's how you talk about the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, if you haven't, if you have not already, join our Patreon. It's only how much, Mike? Five dollars a month. Only five dollars. It's practically free. Y'all were supposed to say that with Will, but we didn't tell you about that before the show, so that's oh. our bad. Five dollars a month. There that's you go. Cool. That's not the verb. Only five dollars. Check it out. That's a blood of mid. We got (laughs) (laughs) mid. (laughs) I don't even smoke, and I know that's not what you're supposed to be buying. (laughs) It's hard out here. Pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, man. So only five dollars. Check us out. Um, got dope shit on there. We got reviews. We got conversations. We got Mike showing a little cheek. Hey, a little, a little, like click. Where's the button to click? Just for yeah, asking wait, for wait, a wait. friend. Wait, wait, wait. Mike, Mike, someone cheat for five dollars? That's, oh, hey, that's a bargain, y'all. What y'all doing? <laughs> doing? Get in when you fit in. We get in when you fit in, Mike. Yeah, you already know. I'm out here. Word. How y'all fellas doing though? Good, man. Good. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be here. Appreciate y'all having me on. I appreciate yep. you, man. 
Yeah, you know. man, I was just going to watch TV. I appreciate you too. Mike called me and asked me to do this, even though he, I told him I don't like stand-up comedy, but he said, mm-hmm. we just need, we just need a, we just need a fourth square. And I was like, yeah. all right, cool. I can, I can do it. I'll sit in here. We just need to stand in. Yeah. I'm just a space holder right now. No, man. So, uh, so Brian, how did you get involved in comedy? Uh, well, so I always Your wanted face? to act. Your face? What? What'd you say? Vegas? No, go ahead. Oh, man. So I always wanted to act and uh, I met, I think I went out to like, I think we were in Five Points one time, me and Mike, this was years ago. And uh, I think we, I ran into Jen Snyder and Mike Vincent, her cousin. And I was like, oh, look, that's fun. So let me try that. Cause you know, I always want to act and you always need a gateway. So, you know, they let me on a stage and then I got in, started doing stand-up comedy, and then you know one thing led me to another, and it took me way beyond where I thought I was gonna go. Like <laughs> you know that's how that started. What was the first time on stage for you? Like, did you bomb? Uh, well, um, so you know, I'll answer this question. <laughs> that sounds like oh, a yes. Mike, Mike, hold on. <laughs> so you know, as most crowds are, you know, when you do a comedy, most of them are albinos, right? So they all can relate to albino jokes. Well, <laughs> well, well, well. This was one of those shows where there wasn't as many albinos in the crowd as you would expect. So, I, uh, I, I was, and I asked Jen, I was like, hey, I was like, uh, Jen, how'd I do? She's like, no, that was funny. Just a little bit too many albino jokes. I was like, well, who can have too many albino jokes? <laughs> too many albino jokes. <laughs> That's what she said. I was like, how are you going to tell me that albino had too many jokes? You just don't get it. You just don't get is, it. Is, um, is albino your N word? What? No. Like, can it's I real. can I say it? Is it a slur? <laughs> huh? You say it. You can say the a word, but don't say oh, don't okay. say the whole thing. You add an a at the end of it. Oh, you got it. <laughs> Albina. There you go. There you go. Hey, I ain't gonna drop the hard o on you, bro. Uh, no, okay, no, no, no. appreciate you. What's so dope See, about Brian? I was like, like he said, like he started with Jen. Shout out to Jen Snyder, who has been all over the country doing comedy at this point. Um. What's up, Doug? Thanks, you. Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, so Brian was like doing comedy so much, and then like we had other comedians like Mike Vincent and um other people. Remember, we just basically like took over the back of group therapy for just strictly yeah. doing comedy and music. With Gino. We were the Gorilla Comics. Anywhere we can plug a amp up and a microphone up at the beginning, that's what we did. Yes, bro. If, if we can do it in your garage, we did it. Bar mitzvah, we did it. Emergency room, we did it. <laughs> Five-year-old birthday whatever. parties, like whatever, yo. Yep, it didn't matter. Funeral homes, we would just come it, through. It didn't matter. We had like a st- there was a steady crowd of people we knew, but it, it was the strangers that would just be walking in a bar and just see funny shit happening, and they would just join in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just dope. What about you, Sauceman? How did you get started with comedy? Well, I've always wanted to do comedy. Like, like I, I, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna say I always want to do comedy, but I've been a fan of my whole yeah. life. As far as like when comic views come on TV, and I wasn't supposed to be watching, but I just be sneaking like, Ooh, what they doing over here? You know what I'm saying? Blah blah. blah. So, um, all the time growing up, I want you know I like comedy, or whatever. But I um I, I grew up in the old southern town where where comedy seemed like a um. Like an unachievable goal. Like when you look look on TV, you see these stand up comedians and stuff, and it's like 
eh, I, I can't do that. Let me go get a job. Let me go do my plant job, blah, blah, blah. And then it was just one day, I literally was just driving and something hit me in the back of my head. Like, nigga, I'm damn near 30 and I ain't lived none of my dreams yet. And I was like, let me just try it. So I went and seen, I looked up open mics. I went and tried it and been with it ever since. And I, I progressed way farther than I thought I would in a short amount of time. I've been doing it. So really. How, how long have you been doing it now? Uh a little over two years. Let's see here. Two years was January. So what's this? April. So what is two years and four months? Two years. Yeah, two two years, four months. Yep. Now, have, have you bombed, or did you bomb your first time? My what very first time was shitty. <laughs> I, I, I ever had nervous sweats, like like as far as like I was I was like this holding the mic like this. You just Can see the you just see the moisture gathering in my pits, and yeah. I was like, "This is bullshit." And the thing is, I'm not a shy individual. I'm not. And but when I got up there, I froze. I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? Whoa. I said some stuff I thought they was gonna laugh. They didn't <laughs> look at me. These there. niggas did not laugh at all. They didn't laugh there. when I won bit. I was like, this was the punchline. Like, what, what <laughs> happens next? Like, what's going on? But it, but then it was like, um, I'm glad I did bomb that first time because that's what made me come back. I was like, hold the fuck. Nuh-uh, I can do better than that. You ain't about to tell me I ain't funny. I'm about to exactly, exactly. Like nigga, I know I'm funny. My friends tell me I'm funny all the goddamn time, so I'm gonna there prove these motherfuckers I'm funny. And I went back and destroyed the second time, and, and then bombed again. <laughs> this is pattern. He's like the Matt Ryan of comedy. He's like every other year, he's he's great. And then no, that's that's yeah, you're right. There it is, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you remember? Did you go to that show that I did at the comedy house when it was like amateur? I think it was yes, you. Yes, I was there. For All right. Me. I who did I it was Chris Tucker's brother or Chris Rock's brother? Oh fuck. I think it's Chris Rock. It, Tommy Rock. It, okay. Yeah. So there was three people. It was amateur, you know. It was amateur. And I went up and nobody laughed for the first person and nobody laughed for the second <laughs> person. And then I went up there and I killed it. And then he gave me mm-hmm. shout outs. And at that moment, I was like, I right, maybe I got something here. But it was, I'll tell you the routine, I always get some. It's the like the old school toys routine that Brian always has about like our childhood memory toys. Like I know Skip is the funniest one, but like what's, what's the other one? Bop it, I think you talk about yeah, Bop it. But me Bop and Brian. It. Bop it was the stupidest toy ever, bro. We won. We beat Bop it. That's the show for talking blasphemous about Bop it, sir. You just gotta do it right. You're just not doing it right. I, I, I guess it not, right. man. I, I feel I feel like I'm working too hard to have fun. Like <laughs> lazy me, bro. <laughs> lazy. No man, but yeah, like I ain't got no stage. <laughs> <laughs> stage. Oh my gosh. But yeah, what Sauce talking about, man. Like when you get on stage, this is the, and this is me as a host. I'm not a comedian, but I'm a host. But like when you realize like everybody's just sitting there looking at you, like I'm like just like waiting for them to be entertained. It's like oh god. <laughs> I. I'd rather somebody boo instead of just a blank stare. Mm. <laughs> Straight up. The blank stare sitting, tells you nothing. <laughs> bro, when, when you sitting there and everybody's quiet, you can hear fucking forks on the plate and shit, <laughs> nigga. You feel so lonely. You feel so lonely on that stage, boy. 
that's why people don't understand when I like I make audiences give me energy. Like y'all gotta give me energy and y'all gotta give my performance energy. Cause like if y'all sitting here being dead quiet, that shit is the worst feeling in the universe. Like Saul said, you can hear you can hear palmetto bugs like walking across the floor, bro. Like Mm-mm. it's like, oh my God, say something, boo me, whatever you gotta do. <clears throat> it, it, it's crazy that that's kind of how I develop my 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 opener. Like I don't know if you've seen before, but I'm always like, "What's happening?" Repeat after me, "What's happening?" Yeah, yeah. Like that that seems to work because that gets people involved. Like it gets them to physically open their mouth and say something, and they with it. And like I didn't realize how how uh, impactful just that that first little ten seconds is. I didn't realize that until like I noticed a pattern. I was like. Oh, I, that, that seems to get them going, you know? So it kind of became a thing, you know? Absolutely, absolutely, man. I'm telling you, those are like grown kids, man. If you don't get them warmed up first, like, they're going to be like, man, especially black audiences, we looking for a reason to not like you anyway. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> especially me. My my, my worst <laughs> audience. <laughs> I, I had a show the other day with my worst audience. My worst audience is, um, shout out to James R. Hustle. He's coined this term called the auntie crowd where it's oh, older God. black people <laughs> I mean, when i say that they are my kryptonite oh my god <sighs> older black people so it's so hard for me to get them why is it like your your content like your subject yeah i, I guess it's, it's my brand and the way i come off and i low-key think it's kind of um it's kind of like on a tradition type thing because like we all know, like as us being black man or whatever, that a lot of a lot of our parents and older folks link age with respect. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like if you're like younger, or whatever in the household, don't nobody give a damn what you got to say. You feel me? So it's almost the same thing with that. To where like if I'm talking about certain things, and it's just like. Hey, young nigga, know the fuck you talking about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it, it, it's it's kind of hard for me. I don't know what it is it, that crowd specifically that is so hard. That's what, I've been working. I've been trying to get them. I but I understand what I got to do to get them because like I had had an um, opportunity to perform with um what's his name um Chris set it off Jones I think I think his name Chris Jones whatever. Yeah, I anyway, doing. I I was watching him and I just I seen how he was working them and I was like oh. I get it. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that's half the battle right there is just sitting back and observing, you know, seeing somebody who who's had way more experience, see how they do it. So that's 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 how we you know. I'm with you. The hardest crowd I ever I've only been booed off stage one time and it was the older, the older black crowd. And uh well, these, well, these niggas must be ruthless. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it was this it was this jazz, nice jazz, like this jazz club off of uh North Main. And uh mm-hmm. you know, we were we were good. Well, first of all, I was the only black comedian there, although I'm a daywalker, so they don't know that, you know, unless you really <laughs> no. and uh I told a joke about me being born in slavery. Thought it was funny, you know. It's been people laughing before. They'd be confused. You're like, "Hey, whip them, but don't, don't hit them too hard. Don't whip them too hard, or uh, hey, give them yeah, sleep outside, but give them a pillow. Give them a pillow because we don't know what to do with them yet. You know, they didn't like that. I remember that joke. They did not like that at all. And I was uh, immediately booed, and I decided maybe I should leave. So I went home. I was, I, I went home. I went home later. I was, I was like, hey, 
How the show go, guys? Everybody do good? <laughs> Wasn't hey, my night. Wasn't my night. Live to fight another day. That bombing would make you go home, like straight up. Yeah, man, I went I, I done left home. a couple events early. <laughs> it was like, man, fuck. I didn't want to show my face. <laughs> well, that's all my time. <laughs> I'm out for good. That's See, I'm, that's the, I'm not going to lie. Okay, witnessing the bombing, when, when niggas say, that's my time, when they go, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you the funny That better be your time. She never got up in the first I'm place. I'm gonna tell you a funny story about seeing somebody bomb because, like, you know, a lot of my friends are comedians, and they bomb. We, the rest of us, we laughing at their ass because this is what we yeah. do. But like, there's one time I was doing a show out with Big. Shout out to Big. He had a show um, down at this place called the G Spot, and me and shout out to comedian Pudgy. We was over there chilling. Yeah, what's up? Pudgy? And this one guy came yeah. in. I'm not. I'm not gonna say his name, but he came in. He was name. like, "Nah, nah, nah. We, 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 ain't gonna, we ain't gonna put that energy out here. Might nah, get nah, people showing up nah. at your house. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't worried about showing up at my house, goddamn. Cause we got that fire right here. But um, <laughs> but um, nah. He came nah. in. He was just like, "Yeah, man. You know, I've been doing this for a little minute, man. You know, I, I do this, I do that, blah blah. blah. This what y'all should do is try." Started giving me and Pudgy pointers and stuff. And I feel a young buck at this time. And Pudgy looked at me, because, you know, Pudgy, the OG, and he like, don't do none of that shit. <laughs> he told you to do it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. But then the show starts. I get up there. I go crazy. I, I, I do my thing. But do the thing. There's one guy that was talking on that big stuff. He go up there and immediately start bombing. <laughs> oh, no. Every like, everybody is quiet, and me and Pudgy are dying. And then this, this is the funniest part. He was like, "And I'm not bombing." <laughs> yeah, get them before they get you. Ran out the club. Yeah. Oh, I about ran out. Oh my god. Oh my. <laughs> maybe I, but yeah, hey, watching maybe my friend bomb is funnier than them killing. Yeah, that's hilarious, <laughs> though. That's hilarious. So maybe that's um, set. So what? What? What, that's Brian? That maybe that's that guy, but it, that's what it is. That I was mean, the whole plan. By the yeah. way, I'm not bombing. You guys are bombing. That's you guys are bombing. <laughs> Why are you booing me? <laughs> so, so what y'all think about the current state of like black comedy, man? Um, black stand up in particularly, like, I feel like it's more innovative these days. You feel like it's more of the same as it has always been. Somewhere in between, like, what do y'all think from what y'all seen? To be honest, I think, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm gonna let the white man go first. I mean, the albino. <laughs> All right, well, thank y'all for your time. Get <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, ready. <laughs> and you use that hard O, by the way, sir. We don't, we don't do that. Man, I'm so, I, I slipped up, man. I gotta go in a rehab, like Papa John's. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to go there. Um, so to be honest, I think black comedy is booming right now from what I've seen, because like the pandemic has, uh, you know, people have been trying new innovative ways to do comedy. And that has opened up a lane for a lot of like other people who really aren't that known to be known because they been doing a lot of online stuff, a lot of um, like Zoom shows and all that stuff. Even though 
it is it pales in comparison to live. That is so awkward, bro. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is very awkward. It pales in comparison, but people are at home, so even if it's not the same experience, you still got eyes on the screen. So I I, I personally, cause like I like to sit at home and study comics. And I've been seeing all type of people I've never seen before just popping up doing stuff. And I'm like, yo, how come I never heard of these people? You know, so I feel like uh, right now, I feel like it's, it's booming. Like maybe not on a, a, a what it, what's the word? What, what, which one? What's one mean big? Micro and macro. Which one mean big? Macro. Is big. Micro? Macro. Okay. So not on a macro level, but on the micro level, I feel like it's booming. Like as far as like you can see the the talent that hasn't really been like in the limelight starting to raise up and and get that little bit of shine, and like it's putting me on the new people, and I feel like it's also gonna open up a lane for myself. Hmm. So that's how I feel. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I agree with him. Um, you know. We, all of us, I'm sure all of us, we all love the classics, the classic stand-up comedians, right? But with the pandemic now, it's opened the door for, you know, Black people especially, because, you know, it's, it's harder for them to get to comedy than, you know, it, you know, mostly any other race. But I'll tell you now, like, I've watched a lot of videos and stuff, and there, there are so many, you know, we were talking about this before the show started, the skits and stuff, right? Like, these guys are, you know, millions of followers now. And, and their, their stuff is way funnier. And, and just like he said, like them being at home, like now is a time for them to watch it. I, I mean, I feel like the p- pandemic helped big time because as he was saying, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook now and you're not sitting there trying to watch a stand up, you know, a set, you know, this, that's just, you need something to entertain your time. And now like, mm-hmm. what is King James? And I don't know, there's so many um, big, youtube stuff now that just i think is freaking hilarious and now this mm-hmm. is a time for them to shine so uh just like uh all them boys on wild and out they're all doing the same thing all the skit stuff like this is a time for them to shine like them sitting at home making these skits like, i even thought about it i was like this is this is what you know what they need to do this this is it this is the time like this you know everything happens for a reason this pandemic opened the box for them now because it's New York. Everybody says New York is the place to be for a comedian to go, you know, do stand up to try to make it big. Black man go to New York, try to make it big in stand up like today. Nah. YouTube, social media. This is it. This is how th- these guys are making their money right now. This is how they're doing it. So I don't think mm-hmm. so. I think this is the new innovative way. I don't think this is anything holding back or them being held back. I think this is what they need to do to propel themselves. And I'm not talking about like, you know, our biggest, the biggest cat, um, Kevin Hart. I'm talking about all these young bucks right now coming up mm-hmm. right now. Like, you know, on social media, doing all these things, everybody, household names, millions of views, 100,000 people every day. This is it. So nah, I don't think anything's nah, nah. holding them back now. Like, like, uh, like, like, if you look at it in comparison, cause like <clears throat> back in the day, the way you would like, you know, blow up that you would go to different comedy club and it'd almost be like word of mouth type stuff like hey you seen this guy down here you know doing comedy right here or somebody like a producer somebody see him like hey i want to show blah 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 so you would literally have to physically go out 
to all these different places and all these like high volume reads and stuff. So like if you were some old country bumpkin somewhere down the street and you didn't have access to these popular comic clubs, wouldn't nobody know who you are. But now you literally can whip up your phone and put yourself out there like instantly. You got access to all type of shit. So it's just like the amount of gatekeeping, is, I ain't gonna say it's non-existent because there's still some gatekeeping, um, but it's just like, it's way more accessible. Like, like, like there, there's low key, I, I, I hate to say this because it applies to myself too. It's like, it's low key, no excuse. Like, like why, why you, you're not bigger than what you are? Because it was like I said, it applies to myself too because I, I need to use social media as the tool that it is more often, even though I hate social media, but yeah, that, that's the thing. Like accessibility is, is paramount and it is all over the place right now. That's I can't remember who said it, but one of y'all was saying uh, as a black comedian, it's harder to like blow up or something like that. Um, one of y'all said it, but I'm trying to figure out like, why is that when constantly, when I hear like these greatest comedians of all time, it's always black people at the top. Like you got your Bernie's, your Richard Pryor's, your, you know, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. Like, why is that that it's still hard for us to break through in a in an industry that we seem to, I guess, be the best at historically? I mean, it, it's just like that with anything else. <laughs> like, as far as like, I was, about, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> like, 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 of course. Like the the tippity top is, is the black comedians because cause we're fucking dope. <laughs> but it's just like there is like they are if you think about it in comparison, there is only a select few black greats in comparison mm. to a, a lot of the white greats. You know what I'm saying? Because uh like you said, like um it's harder for the black man to get on. And I don't want to sit here and, and feel like this some fucking victim shit, but uh that, that's just what it is because we like even with movies and all the stuff like you've seen like now we're getting to more of an influx but like uh representation was not really a thing like if you go back and see all like the the movies and stuff comedian movies it's just like eddie murphy and friends <laughs> like it's like he's the nigger we're they, that's our black friend we're gonna let him do it him then Fuck all these other, I ain't gonna say equally talented black people, but are still talented people. Like, eh, we got one. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. so that's how I feel about the situation. That's it. I'm saying, you know, all right, so you got black comedians. I hate to be so black and white about this, but just like you said, it is what it is. You got black comedians, but you got white money, right? So it's <laughs> them. Who can I? Oh, this person's drawn on all this money. Who can I sell? Who can I put there to do this and that? You know, me personally, I'll say this. I, I, I mean, I'm blessed to be albino, right? To look the way I am, right? To do the <laughs> things that I do. I'm just saying. All right. So, like, you know, I got, I got the opportunity to work with Spike Lee, right? My, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know. Mike knows that. I don't know if you guys yeah, know. I work with Mary J. Blige, right? Yeah. But. I didn't get that opportunity. I, I, would it be different if I wasn't albino? If you know, if I did, if I was just light skinned, you know, like would I get that same kind of opportunity to be thrown in that limelight? And then I, I do, 
I do got to understand, accept and realize that, you know, a lot of the fashion shows and a lot of the random things that I got to do was only because of, you know, the way I looked. So I have to accept that fact that, you know, I don't have the money, but there are people higher than me that have the money to put me wherever they want me to do. So I think that's, I think that's where it really falls down to. It's just like, you know, there's tons of funny white media, we can name them all day, all the, all the famous, you know, but you know, that's, that's, and I, I, like, again, I hate to be so black and white, but it's, you know, there's black people, white money. There's not, there's not, there's not Eddie Murphy putting Eddie Murphy into the roles he was or Martin Lawrence putting Martin Lawrence. There were people who found him and marketed him because, you know, he was drawing crowds. Oh, I see. I can make money off this guy. Let me put him there. That's why I think there's more, you know, there's not, it's so hard for a black comedian to make it as big as it is like Kevin Hart. That man gets all the jobs because they found one person just to market this guy. They, there's so many sure. people. Like, well, that, but there's so many people like him. <laughs> that was the case. Why wouldn't they find more people like Kevin Hart? There's one guy. He's, he's, he's one not guy money. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that man to stand on the stool to try to fight you. Yeah, but uh, yeah. so like I, I know. I know black men aren't a, a monolith. Black people are not a monolith. We're, we're, we're coming all shades, sizes, personalities, and walks of life. But like, there's definitely a, a disparity. Like when it comes to the people at the top, like you see, like we see these comedians that are Hollywood, quote unquote Hollywood. Like as far as like the Eddie Murphys, the Kevin Hart's, a lot of stuff. Like I know it's partly his own fault, but you see people like Cat Williams, amazing stand-up performer, amazing funny guy, but he he's not gonna get those type of jobs, almost because he gets in his own way. Because he's say, not it's more good. than just the kind of kind of comedian he is. Like Cat be out there shooting himself in the foot, but at the same time, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. I was just about to get to that. Yeah. Because he um he he gets in his own way because he doesn't uh you know he doesn't adhere to the Hollywood rules and regulations and he'd be wilding <laughs> he'd be wilding and so it kind of blackballed himself and people like Corey Holcomb who you know I'm saying he, he I love Corey Holcomb by the way yeah, yeah he's Man, hilarious it's just like it's just like and also my my fav, my favorite comedian all the time God rest his soul Patrice O'Neill like, yeah, there's yeah. so so many stories about how he was just himself and at all times and, and he couldn't and like the the producers couldn't work with him because he wouldn't follow exactly. the guidelines that they set you feel exactly. me exactly so you know what i'm saying that, that that's all part of it too i think patrice is the perfect example of what brian's talking about and that and i'm sure you watch the documentary um yeah of course you'll see like how just time and time again like he would Sometimes tried to play the whole industry game, but he was like, "Nah, bro, these these white people are about to get me, yo." Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm not just about to be looking goofy, man. Like, and it wasn't no, I mean, it was pride, of course, but it was more so like he came to understand before he died that he would never be a Kevin Hart because he's just not going to be mm-hmm. out here taking any kind of role, and that's fine. Like, he's he always found his money, you know, he always found the roles that was meant for him. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't going to do that. Well, you got somebody like Kevin Hart. Who I feel like is getting more and more unfunny by the minute. Beyond, yeah, I 
I I'm sorry, but I feel the same way. Like I Hart ain't been funny in a, a number of years. Man, wait, wait. <laughs> and th- th- this is what I'm gonna say back. This is my take on Kevin Hart. Talented guy. I cannot emulate what the fuck he do. Right. But he's not my type of funny because I, I like humor that is thought provoking. Something that maybe yeah. go, oh, okay, I never seen that perspective, or or it makes you love, uh, you know, think about something in a different way. Kevin Hart, the way he does comedy is he says something that's very blatantly obvious or some stories, and let his goofy persona do the heavy lifting. Right. That, yeah. you know, that's his niche. Yeah, that's his yeah. niche, and which he does very well. Yes, he, he is phenomenal at what he does, but. Like when it comes to just straight, like subjectively, of course, when it's subjective, but for me, he, he don't do it for me. He's yeah. on the head. And I think he knows that because that's why he gets so defensive, like especially at that last Netflix special. Like he got super defensive over people like telling him they wanted the old Kevin back. And he was like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm growing as a human being and y'all can't grow with me. <laughs> so I think that's probably him trying to realize what he was doing because, you know, his whole thing is just like, just like Saul said, like he's telling stories, but his own goofy way of telling stories that that Netflix special it looked it seemed like he was trying to get into the whole joke format and it, that's not what people want because you he's already bought out and sold out almost in a sense to this is Kevin Hart if you want mm-hmm. if you want my money you need to be this Kevin Hart and, and, and notice uh like in a lot of comedy it's harder for um for super duper famous comedians to get by on the storytelling shit because now you're living a life that half the people that's watching you ain't gonna be able to fucking relate to you feel me so it's just like um like you see how how um chris rock he he doesn't really he doesn't really tell stories about himself he, he talks about the the world and what's going on in the world because if he talks about his life we'd be like okay that specific to you, Chris Rock, because I, yeah. I could never, that would never happen to me. You well, know what I mean? No, he did do that, like, on Tambourine, and the trick was, he, it was funny. Like, he definitely mm-hmm. did that on Tambourine, and Dave Chappelle does that, too. Like, he'll talk about his family, but the trick mm-hmm. is being funny about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. part doing this whole, like, intimate show from his house, allegedly. I don't know if that was his real house. Um, mm-hmm. But it just wasn't fucking funny. <laughs> like, it's like a waste yeah, of time. Anyone know something that's funny about that when I was watching it? I'm sitting here watching shit, and he's talking about this brick oven pizza. I'm like, watch he bring this shit out. Like, it was the most <laughs> obvious shit ever. I'm like, watch he bring this fucking pizza out, and I'm going to be mad. <laughs> and sure so enough, enough, I was just like, this is the most obvious setup ever, nigga. I see the shit coming a mile away. But then, but then again, I also got to think about it. I might be biased because I'm looking at it with a comics eye. But I'm all, I, 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 I can enjoy comedy, but I know like if I'm gonna watch a special, I'm gonna watch it a few times yeah. because like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I know it's gonna be a time where I'm sitting there studying like how is he doing this blah, 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 and I'm not even really yeah. focusing on the funny. So, yeah. No, nah, but even even without the bias, like I, I, we all in a complete agreement here. Like we all know what we're talking about. Um, but speaking of Kevin Hart, like though, that's the whole reason I came up with this um episode in the first place. Um, so I don't know if y'all listened to Kevin Hart's uh, comedic gold mines podcast that he just started. I haven't, no, I haven't heard of it yet. 
he'll just get like random super famous comedians and just sit down and talk to him. And um, he recently did an episode with Steve Harvey, which was one of the most like candid, like big time Hollywood interviews I've ever heard in my life. Like it literally sounded like you were hearing two good friends who have made it, like having like a very thoughtful. I'm very, I'm having to watch that. Yeah, definitely check it. That's like an hour long. It's on Apple to um, Apple it. Podcast. Apple Great, podcast. like just super super candid. Like, like I love a quality podcast, but they don't feel like it's Hollywood. They don't feel like they're trying to like say certain like you know catchphrases for the camera and stuff like that. Like, like this one. Yeah. You got, <laughs> thank you, man. You, man. That's why we brought you on the show. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so they were talking to Steve Harvey, and uh, one of the most interesting parts of the interview is Steve was giving his him his props and everything, but he was like the the reason I you know appreciate you the most is because you modern comedians got it the worst right now because y'all can't really say what y'all want to say no more. So y'all got culture, you know, always putting eyes on y'all, always looking at y'all every move, expecting y'all to be perfect. And I thought that was interesting because people like Steve (laughs) have been known to say like what most people would deem like problematic shit in terms of like, you know, talking shit about women, uh, talking shit about gay people, stuff like that. And um, I was wondering like, is it that we're expecting comedians to be perfect? Or is it that you just upset so you can't get away with saying like dumb shit no more? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, have been have comedians been relying too much on like shock value, and now that they can't do that anymore, are they resentful, or is it really that like, we really expecting comedians to be like completely flawless out here? Hmm. See, that's a that's a tough question right there because because like it's hard for me to answer that because everybody's an individual, you know. Like, 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 there, there are some comedians who, who, um, who will kind of adhere to those type of rules because of the, um, the position they want to be in as far as, because like, if you do clean comedy and stay closely politically correct, you, you definitely can, can do way, you can branch out to way more different things. Like, as far as like, you kind of, when you do dirty comedy, it's a longer road and you kind of narrow your stuff like like you you get away from all the corporate stuff and maybe the church stuff and all the and the stuff with the um well you can go to colleges and stuff but anyway like 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 you cut off a lot of your potential fan base by being you know edgy or whatever so it, it depends on the individual because me personally I'm 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 actually trying to transition into doing more clean stuff myself like originally. I didn't give a fuck. I, I kind of still don't give a fuck. I'm not going to guys still don't give a fuck. But at the same time, I do understand the value of being able to work in a clean environment and watching what I'm saying out of stuff because I know that there's always a dollar sign tacked to it. You feel me? So, uh, yes, of course, I'm going to keep my, my dirty and, and, you know, politically incorrect stuff. But uh, I definitely do understand that in the current environment i'm gonna have to have at least some clean shit you know i'm gonna be able to i'm gonna have to market that some type of way because that's too many like it's kind of like me growing up in a sense like there's too many opportunities that i know i miss out on if i continue to be stubborn and just you know not not like understand the way society is right now 
Are you saying that understanding is coming from you maturing intellectually or from you just not wanting to miss out on monetary like opportunities? Um, I'm gonna say a little bit of both because like, of course I don't wanna miss out on money, but I'm gonna say mature intellectually as far as like, not, uh, you know, not at, it's like, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, that, that's been an age old rule that we've been taught forever. So it's just me just taking that on a bigger scale. Cause like, cause in my mind, of course I want to be dirty. I, I, I want to say what I want to say. I'm still going to say what I want to say, but in order, but I know that in certain environments, I can shut up right now. <laughs> I can so shut like, up right now. So like for comedians, like what's the rule? Is it like, Damn near anything goes as long as like the joke is good, or yep. yeah, <laughs> that, that that that's how it, it should be. That's how it originally was, but then that that's coming from a place of funny folk. It only gets messed up when unfunny folk come in and don't understand that and really? try to and, and and can't see it from that point of view. So now it just looks like you saying some crazy shit when when the funny folk know exactly what the fuck's going on because as a comedian i have to i think i got this from andrew schultz as a comedian i have to um defend the attempt at being funny whether if it was funny or not that that's he says he said but i got to defend the attempt to be funny because as soon as we get to the point where we're where we're punishing people for attempting to tell jokes that's a slippery slope I'm saying now, now you get to the point where you're you're um you're messing with the craft itself. But I think that's where it gets sticky. And I, Brian, I want you to answer. But like, well, so people are saying the attempt, but for so long has been like some problematic shit, like some like you know. Isn't it, isn't it okay for it to be problematic though? Like, yes. a lot of it said in sarcasm and. But that's the I think that's the difference though. Like so. How do you know when the comedian is, and some people is, it's obvious, but like for the most part, when certain, you know, when many people's mindsets have been like homophobic and misogynistic for so long, how do you know that the comedian is speaking like, you know, sarcastically versus they actually believe the shit and they're trying to be funny? But if, but if you're at a comedy show, you should assume that it's a joke, right? Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Like life, life is funny, right? Like, <laughs> we all live, I'm serious, like, we all live different lives, like, this, this stuff is funny, right, and it's hard, and we're all out there struggling, even these multi-billionaires, you know, they're not living perfect lives every day, okay, so it's an escape to, uh, a comedy show is an escape of laughter, laughter, right, and I've been to many comedy shows, and, uh, I've sat in the front row, bad idea, you know, you know you I talk about me YouTube, I laugh, but i'm like yeah hey hey he's right yeah he's right yeah no i can't i, I can't go on the sun no he's right he's right you won't say it in the shade you know stuff like that that stuff is funny when you start to limit what a com comedian can and can't say then all the sets start to become like mon mundane almost the same like yeah. i this cold cancel culture and what offends me and what doesn't offend me didn't start until like what one two years ago so was it funny to that person five years ago but all of a sudden now 
hey, we can, I found out we can counsel this person, or I feel like we can counsel this, or I feel like we can do that. Let's get together as a group. And now like, you know, a thousand of us say, oh, we hate this, you know, mm -hmm. just for something for somebody to do. Like, I, I it's some in, of my, that. in my eyes, in a comedy show, everything goes, okay? Right. Because a comedian is not up there to fire bullets at you, right? He's there to do his or her job, make you mm -hmm. laugh and go home. That's it. That's his job. His job is to provide comedic entertainment to you and go home. A service, right? A, mm -hmm. An escape from reality. Just for one half an hour or one hour, you know, whatever. Like I said, life is funny. You make fun of me, hey, and it's funny? That's funny. I won't yeah. get offended. You know, I'll probably sit there and be like, boo, that wasn't good. I told that joke. That's not funny. Everybody knows that. Or, <laughs> oh, he's got me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My vision is terrible. I shouldn't be driving a car. You know, stuff like that. That's stuff funny. I'm just saying. And um, I want to answer um, your point about how do we know when somebody is trying to be funny when they're not. My thing is, is that if it's not like a direct, like, you know, hate speech or incite violence or some shit, so... <laughs> so like like like, like that, that's one of my um I don't know if you ever heard me say this but that's one of my my mottos one of my messages as comedy is bring back the word so because people have forgotten how to use so a one syllable fucking word people have forgot how to use it like if if somebody says some shit online or something that offends me I can literally just be like so and keep moving with my day. Like nothing changed. But now everybody is so pussy to the point where if somebody says something that doesn't directly line up with your philosophy, now you're outraged and you're Twitter fingering and shit and, and you've been out of shape. And it's like, why? You, you, you're literally causing yourself stress for no fucking reason. Only you feel thing me? I want to say about that. And so only thing I would say about that is like everybody who's human being has emotions. And I think everybody who of has course. feelings about anything, anybody who's attached to anything can be triggered by something, mm -hmm. something in this world. Like any of us here, because I know all of us here love life, right? We all have loved ones in our life. We all got something that somebody cannot joke about, I would think. Mm -hmm. So like you just don't know what that is for that other person. So with certain communities, especially like, okay, for example, in the black community where it's just now being normalized to like be gay, for example. Like black people, gay black people for the longest have not been able to come out and talk about their lives because like to be gay, especially to be a gay black man would be like, bro, you gonna burn in hell. We gonna get, you know, all these mm -hmm. diseases, all this stuff like. So when you already hear that in your personal life and then the comedians making jokes about that and they don't, they're not actually joking. Like they actually believe the shit too to a crowd mm -hmm. that also believes it and everybody's laughing, like that's when shit gets messy. Yeah, yeah but they believe it without having a personal relationship with that comedian. Exactly, that's it. Like the, the um, presentation of it. Like but, the presentation, and the presentation of it, like, okay, for example, Patrice O'Neill is a perfect example of this. Yeah. Patrice was like one of the most misogynistic comedians of all time. And he wasn't yeah. shy about the shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you hear him saying like, <laughs> making fun of women, it's all genuine. Like, you know, when you hear him and then when you hear him talking his personal life, he believes everything he's saying. But when he was when he was making fun of women, was he getting more laughs or more boobs? Oh, he's getting more. Well, it depends on where he was at. But 
Okay, I'm asking. So, Sauce, as a as a comedian, right? So, well, first of all, you don't have the whole offensive thing. Like, you know, you can go, you can push the button, but you got to be socially aware, especially if you're on stage yeah. talking to many yeah. people, right? Okay. Yeah. So, and you can understand that. Like, if if I'm going down a road telling a joke, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to see like majority of the crowd starting to you know, uh, turn on it a little bit, I'll yeah. steer away from that joke, right? But mm-hmm. you don't, just like you said, we all have personal lives. Like, Sauce can't go onto stage and start telling a joke, and one person relates to it and starts feeling kind of bad, you know, but the whole crowd is laughing. I don't think he's going to, like, abandon his joke because you go to a comedy show knowing that, like I said, life is funny. I'd be fair. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, life is funny. Right. You, you can't as comedians, you can't cater to everybody out there in the audience. Yeah. Like if Andrew, I'm glad you said him because I, I love that guy. I like I watch I all his all his stuff. All right. And I, I, the recent thing, he was talking about somebody on a um, wheel, in a wheelchair. All right. Well, the guy got mm-hmm. upset, but the crowd was going with it. All right. So, you know, you're feeding mm-hmm. into it as like I just said, a comedian's job is to provide entertainment, a source of escape. OK. So mm-hmm. if one person is kind of offended, even though, you know, I don't feel that certain way and most of the crowd, uh, all the entire crowd is going with it. I got to, you know, I'm going to keep going just because I'm there just well, to entertain. Doesn't mean I feel whatever certain way, how my joke joke works or how it goes is because I can't just cater to you. No, but yeah. I want to fully qualify the question though. Like we're not just talking about one person in the crowd. We're talking about like cancel culture, oh, which yeah. is many people saying like, mm-hmm. Brian did some offensive shit. He should be canceled. Okay. Well, let me talk let about me, you know them telling you what you can. can I want to say something. So this is the thing. It's like yeah, it could be a lot of groups, but thing is that the world don't owe any of understanding. Like <laughs> as far as like if you got some hangups about what somebody else says, oh the fuck well. Like 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 you like you can you got every right to go you know, feel some type of way about it. And then you make your action based off that. But at the same time, just because you feel some type of way about it, you also got to understand that other motherfuckers may not feel that way about it. You know what I'm saying? We all got our own personal views and stuff. And just because it's not necessarily your philosophy, you can't expect that from everybody. You feel me? So it's just like, hey, you, you might just have to stew in it. I tell you. I agree Anybody? with that. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I was gonna say something. Any any of you guys had a problem with the Miss Mrs. Butterworth bottle, the syrup bottle? What now? Any of you? That as Mrs. Person, Butter- as a, like a young person. <laughs> the Mrs. Butterworth, the Miss Butterworth's syrup bottle. As an old person, before this whole catch, cancel culture thing started, did y'all have a problem with that syrup? Can you, you say that really syrup? Down? I didn't give up. Did anybody? Can you say it one more time? Because the Miss the Miss Butterworth syrup. Oh, okay, that was Mrs. Butterworth. That was, that was the first have... time you said it right. Uh, was... <laughs> this is why we're not friends. Unless Mike's here. All right. Did any of y'all have a problem with it? Did you have a problem? No, with I never did. Two sauce, Mike. Did you? Okay, but now, no, no. just like he was saying, now all kinds of people have a problem with it, but we still don't have a problem with it. We're not talking about it. We just move <laughs> on. Well. But like I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to glance like gloss over like why people would have a problem with it once they're older and find out more shit. It's like how we learn how racism works. Like growing up, like when you're a kid, you think just being called nigger is racist. But then 
as you get older and learn more stuff, you start to learn how systemic racism works. And so you see like, okay, this actually played a role in this part of my life. This played a role. Oh, this is why so many people, black people were in jail. Oh, this is why so many, you know, families don't have men in the households, shit like that. So I wouldn't just blame it on, you know, there are not, not trying to say there aren't a wave of people who don't already fuck with certain like comedians, especially who look for any reason to cancel them. That definitely exists. But I'm also saying like, as we get older and as we collectively, especially our generation and Gen Z get more, you know, mature, more wiser, more progressive. Like we start to realize how like certain shit just was never okay. Just cause you could get away with it before then make it okay. That's and true. Now, but are, we, are we supposed to now start from, I'm 34. I don't know how you, I know how you are. I don't know how you guys are, but I'm 34. 21. Now are we supposed to, so, you know, every other week there's a new cancel culture or now we supposed to stop and like dive deep into every little subject and break it down mm-hmm. and figure out why we were supposed to hate this thing 10 years ago and then and then spread, you know, and then like, you know, elaborate it on so that from uh, like my daughter, for instance, 13, I need to tell her, oh, no, you need to realize that this is this so that I think you know, if 30 it strikes years you, now. Yeah, no, if it strikes you, if it. If it hits home in some way, some form or fashion, you should read into it and look at it and sit with it and see how you feel. I'm not saying you got to go along with the crowd. If anything, I would say don't go along with the crowd because the crowd be having a mob mentality. But like, if it's something that like hits you a certain way, like yeah, sit with it and just be like, hmm, that was that is that a, actually good? Is that actually bad? Like, no. The one thing that's been aggravating me is the going back in time shit. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. I'm not with that shit at all. That's what I was saying. That's it. Yeah, He's like digging like, up people's old. Yeah, yeah old like, shit. why yeah, was like, it like, a problem like, back then? But it's a problem now. I'm the same way, sauce. And then also, even if it, even if it is like, say somebody tweeted something, and uh, there was a problem with it, whatever. You have no context to what the fuck they was talking about, and like. And the thing is, is like you had like people don't fucking grow, like as far as like like how you was just saying, Mike. You know how you you gain new knowledge and you have a different perspective than what the fuck you said. So it's just like that's dumb. Because I remember, goddamn, back in the day in high school, I used to just smack girls on the ass. That's what we did. Like you know what I'm saying. And now I know that that shit is wrong. I hope you ain't still doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 like. So I I don't. If, if, a, if a motherfucker came up to me and said, nigga, you used to smack girls in the ass in ninth grade, oh, we're canceling you. I'm like, nigga, you don't shut the fuck up. Get out of my face. Like, like that's dumb. Like, you, you act like I don't know that's wrong now. But I feel like, like, you can like, make that you can't make that assumption about everybody because it'd be grown dudes. Look at Boosie out here bragging about how he got his son head at 12 years old and shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That nigga is lost. Yeah, but okay, just because Boosie is doing shit in the present day that still correlates what the fuck he got going on is not no change behavior. He's that's what I'm saying. That's That's what I'm saying. saying. Sauce isn't saying that not everybody grows. I mean, there's still some people, but majority of the people do grow out of whatever it is. It's like you know everything. People skipping school. All right, those people are business people now in work, knowing that oh, I can't skip work. I can't call out of work. It means. That's just a that's the simplest form to explain it. Like he, he's not saying that everybody don't grow. I get it. I get what you're saying. Like you, we all just hey, stuff. Catch somebody doing something in the present that lines up with the bullshit they did back then. And then like, you know what? 
you haven't changed. Yeah. But then, are. but don't don't go back and look at some old shit and make an assumption. And now you're coming after this person's whole fucking career. I'd be seeing people get fired from old ass tweets, like like old shit, like five, ten years ago. I'm like, how in the fuck? Like that, that that's dumb to me. And what what is this? This is America. You know what I'm saying? Fuck America. But this is America, the 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 land of second chances and shit. And just like fuck, like that 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 is un-American. <laughs> That chicken do that. Turn to the Trump on the podcast. <laughs> hey man, just, he's not, but he's, he's, he's man, speaking for president all the time. Straight up, that's my nigga. I fuck with Trump all day. I ain't vote, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. No. The, the, as a comedian, Donald Trump did something that I wish I could do. He turned a whole nation into a laughing stock. You know no. how much power it. You know how much power it is. <laughs> I would laugh at people's actual lives when they state. Like I would, <laughs> I would find a com- comedic. Hey, look, 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 look. People's lives were at stake, but people's lives were at stake all the time. Your life is at stake right now. I mean, that's what a, fucking, a fucking satellite can fall out of this fucking sky and land on your house right now. You go with the existential, like <laughs> you can go hey, simple man, like a gas look. leak. But yeah, a satellite. I was thinking just yeah, like something. It works gas too. Leak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, have y'all heard of uh, comedians like Kev on stage and Tony Baker before? Yeah, yeah. sir. I love them. Yeah, I've yeah. seen them live okay. twice. Both so, you know, they I've, basically I've never do seen like, them live. You know, for the most part, they do like clean comedy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so, do you think like comedians like that have exposed the fact that like we don't really need like homophobic, misogynistic, this real edgy comedy? People like Bernie Mac or these people back in the day. Like I feel, yeah. I feel like we've I always known. We really that. I feel like we've always known that. Like, 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 clean comedy has existed just as long as dirty comedy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's level it's, though. Like, huh? Has it been like? Could you see a clean version of Kings of Comedy doing the numbers that Kings of Comedy did? No. Well, <laughs> but, but at the same time, though, Bill Cosby is regarded as before this stuff. Fact. He was regarded uh, Bill, as the best Bill Cosby the is a monster. Like you need to go watch him anyway. Bill Cosby go crazy. <laughs> he is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, but free to cause. Free to cause. Free to cause. But I'll tell you, like as a clean comic, because you know, I don't I don't even curse, right? Yeah. And I've been doing I mean, I've done comedy for a long time. Well, I can't tell you. There's there's so many times, like, you know, I have a joke. And, you know, I, and I've heard lots of different... I've seen your stand-up, too. So I, I looked you up. I saw your stand-up stuff. And it's oh. like, man, my my joke... I know. Cute. All right. So uh, I've seen... Uh, I've You know, there's so many times where there's so many jokes I want to tell. But it's like, man, like, if I was able to... And, and the reason why I don't curse and I don't, you know, go... It's just because, like... I'll tell you, like, back then when my dad married my stepmom, who's my mom now, obviously, I don't call her stepmom. The first thing she taught us in the Bible was taming the tongue. And for some reason, that was like the lesson that stuck in my head. Right. So mm-hmm. when I was like six, I just I just, I never, never cursed. And, uh, you know, so then I kept my comedy clean. And but then there's so many times where I, I'll think of a joke and I'm like, man, if I would say this and I would say that, oh, my gosh, this I think this joke would be so much funnier. And I think it's, you know, like the, it's, I'll tell people I don't curse, but because it's so common today, you know, 
like they'll be like what, what are you talking about of course you do because you know everybody does you know that's just i'm 34 years old and I, I don't curse so you know they expect that to happen because i don't you know they when i when i when they realize that i don't they're like oh well, you were still kind of you were so funny and da, 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 da. and i was saying to myself man but if i did and i jumped into this like the jokes that i think of like you know if yeah. i had that one extra word or if i yeah. went that one extra step this joke would be fired but nah, then I have I, to deal with like the rated G Peppa Pig level kind of joke and hope uh-huh. that hits. And mm. you know, sometimes it does, and but sometimes it doesn't. So I'm I mean, I think win. it's hard. I'm it's hard. Win. It's a clean comic. I'm listening. I, I think y'all use bad examples for this argument here because Kev on stage is not a clean comic. I would say I, I was going to say that I wouldn't call either one of them clean comics <laughs> per se. They just don't like use. They, you know, they just don't curse. Right, but but, but um, Kevin oh, Stays innuendo game. Is oh, absolutely. Because like I said, I, I've watched him live twice, yeah. and he tells some pretty some pretty stuff. Like as far as like yeah, when he go to the deep and dark secrets secrets of the church, and I'd be like, yo, right. like, yeah, yeah. yo, if he just would have dropped the f bomb right there, it would have been like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I was saying. That's just let me just one time. So with, with that, though, real quick, Paul, real quick, like, instead of using that, though, like, I believe he's the one that coined spelling um, sex, S-E-C-K-S. I think he's the one that coined that shit. The that sex. shit is so fucking funny. <laughs> Having the sex. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my thing is, is that, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm going to stay with my stance of uh, we being new that we didn't have to be dirty. Now, the reason that the Kings of Comedy blew up because talent, straight up, like, 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 of course, of course the dirtiness come with it, but they were just some heavy hitters, uh-huh. regardless if they, of cursing or not. So that's the reason why they gained any problem. Like, I feel like it, it would cheapen them if you say that the only reason they, I ain't gonna say the only reason, but it would cheapen yeah. them if you say that just because they was dirty, that they got that they popular like that. No. Yeah, so can. it's just like like yes. we know like like we literally have the distinction between clean and dirty comedy. And that right there should be proof enough that we know that you don't need shock value because people are famous being clean. Like people are like 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 I ain't gonna well, Kevin Hart don't get too down and dirty. You know what I'm saying? So you he see, he's like, fucking, yeah. yeah, he's, he's pretty clean. He's a fucking comedy rock star now, you know. And so I don't, I don't think that the shock value now is it more fun for me? The reason I choose that type of comedy because it's fun, and and I I naturally got a crazy outlook on life, so that's what naturally comes to the top for me, like like this the crazy takes or whatever. So. That's what I gravitate towards, but nah, I, I, I think I think we always knew that you don't need to shot about it because, like, I know y'all have heard the phrase, funny is funny, regardless. It is, but I mean, now, especially, like, today with everybody offends everybody, like, Kevin Hart was the perfect person in the market. You know, you're not going to find many people, many, like, quote unquote, dirty comedians now doing the things that they are doing because now everything is offensive. And when something offends you, it messes with your money. And when you put your hands in somebody's pocket, then, you know, everything goes downhill. So I think nowadays, 
if you if you're trying to achieve that kind of level, you know, you can be a stand up comedy because, you know, you love it and you that's your hobby. But if you're trying to achieve the marketable, I want to be an actor, this and that thing, I think it's can you be as PC as possible so that somebody will put the money on you? Because the moment you step out of line, as we've already seen, like, you know, like with Cat Williams, we don't see him anymore anyway. The moment you step out of line, now you're messing with their money. You mess with their money, then you know you mess with everything. So I think and, now it's it's that. And, and on the piggyback of that, that is one reason why I don't want to be marketed as a clean comedian. Because I I, I still want to be myself, who I'm nowhere near politically correct. So if I go out and, and, and market my career after being clean, political rat and not really offending nobody, and then the TMZ see how I am on the regular, <laughs> it, it's going to clash. That's so it. that's why I respect Andrew Schultz so much, because his whole career is born off flagrancy. Like, like that, that's just what it is. So if some wild shit about Andrew Schultz come out, he literally be like, nigga, I'm Andrew Schultz. Like what? Like what the fuck you thought? You feel me? So have y'all seen him? Yeah, I've yeah. Like Have you seen him? Have I, you I seen haven't him, seen him live. Not yet. I've seen him. No, before. just some of his stuff. But yeah. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, yeah, I watch podcasts. I watch the stand up. No, I know you have. I know you have. I was just making sure oh, these. Oh. I was making sure these two. Like if I, I agree with you hundred percent. And if they haven't seen him, or if anybody hasn't seen him, watch his stand up. Any comedian, I tell you, watch his stand up. If you want to be like, you'll see. Cause he, he is the I look. I don't care. I'm I'm coining it. I don't. This is my hot take. He's the best person at crowd work ever. Yeah, nobody's better at crowd work ever. Yet. I can't get you on that. That's it. Who? There's nobody. No, he's right. There's no, nobody. There's, there's, there's a whole special than. of just crowd work. Smash. Dave Chappelle yeah. definitely does a better job than Andrew shows. Who? Dave Chappelle. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, Mike. Absolutely. Uh, Get out of my face. I've seen Dave Chappelle in person. I've seen him in person. I've seen, I've seen him in person, too. Yeah, his crowd work is phenomenal. But I, it's just something about shows. I, I've seen Dave Chappelle yeah. in live twice. And I think one time, at least one time with you, Mike, I don't remember him working the crowd as good as Andrew Schultz does. I'm telling you, man. Andrew Schultz, literally just start Andrew Schultz can make a living. He makes a living. Uh, like, if doesn't write another joke for the rest of his life. And he'll tell you. I do this for a living. Like he is. It's, I just feel like we're going to get into Chappelle in a minute, but like, I feel like Chappelle's like storytelling game is, is crazy. Like on a whole other level than any other comedian out here right now. Yeah, but we're not talking about storytelling. When we're talking about like moving the crowd. Like, I feel like that's how he engages and pulls in the crowd. I don't, I don't know. I, I, no, I feel that, like for me, I think, I think they're saying like Andrew Schultz works with the crowd. Yeah, like, 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 as far as if some bullshit happened in the crowd, and the shows are pointed out, boom, get the whole crowd laughing at that That's shit. That's it. And then, and oh, then like, we're talking, him, we're talking him not, him, he doesn't care what's PC or what's not PC. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, he will, I told you, I just watched mm-hmm. this, I just watched a set of him making fun of a guy in a wheelchair. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, he doesn't mm-hmm. care. Makes fun of, Made fun of a guy that just got out of prison for murder. Hilarious. Like, like 15 minutes. Like, went on. The guy, hey, wh- wh- where did you, where were you for two years? He's still in prison. 15 minutes. Gone. Um, I watched another one. Uh, the, he said, hey, what are you? And he thought she was Arabic. And she was, or did she, he thought she was Mexican. 
and she was Arabic, and he made fun of that. Fifteen minutes, hilarious. That mm -hmm. work in the crowd got the whole crowd. Yeah. He didn't write those. He didn't write that's those. So that's what we're talking about: just crowd working and that's not caring about PC. So if he was to blow up, just like TMC or TMZ showing up, that's him. Like what he is on stage, that's that guy in real life. Yeah, and, and that's real. Like I, I love like, that. Y'all like shows a lot more than me. Um, like man, I love them, man. No, okay, let me tell you, it's my woke shit, man. Like, I think he's a funny person, and I can laugh at the mm -hmm. shit he jokes about because I know better personally. But, like, mm -hmm. for me, just as somebody who's gotten to the point in doing, you know, activist shit, like, he's surrounded by so many black people that let him get away with so much shit. Like, I can't see that shit. But is that, like, is, that letting him, is that letting him get away with it, or are they sitting there realizing it's a comedy show? He's, yeah, like, he's joking about like everything. Like is that, is that like, what that is? No, it's definitely somebody like Charlemagne sitting next to him and Andrew dropping like in bombs and Charlemagne like bending over laughing. That's like, no, that's I, 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 don't, I don't know. I ain't never, I've never heard, heard Andrew. I've never before. heard that. I never heard that either. You don't yeah. ever hear Andrew say racist shit about black people next to Charlemagne. I heard him say racist shit. I joke about everybody. Everybody say racist Everybody. Yeah. He never said the end bomb. Yeah, I, I never like, heard okay. that. You can put however much money I want to put on it. I feel like you give me a link. I got like six dollars. Give me a link. Put six dollars on it. I ain't never heard my boy say that. I put $100. I bet you he could and he would. Next to Charlemagne, Charlemagne wouldn't do shit. I promise you. Wait, are you saying? Are you saying? Now, wait, now, you, now, you now you're changing the whole content. Why are you using Charlemagne as? <laughs> why are you using the Charlemagne as the ambassador of black people? Like he won't. I'm not. <laughs> God no, I'm not. God, y'all oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't like y'all don't like Unc. Y'all like Uncle Charlemagne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I used to like Charlemagne. guy. I can't do oh, it no more. My God. Will read that book front to back. He started reciting it. Oh no, too much. I did read it, but I mean, I'm just saying, as far as like Andrew was like, man, he's funny to me. Do you think Andrew is because remember at the beginning of the show, we were talking about it? You were saying, like, how do you how can you tell if a comedian is you know believes in this stuff and it is more race racism to this stuff? You think Andrew might be one of those people? Oh, absolutely. I believe Andrew believes everything he's saying, and that's what makes it funnier. Really? Cause he like he actually genuinely believes like when Andrew says some misogynistic shit about women, he believes every word he's saying, and that's what makes it so funny. Same thing with Patrice. That makes like, it funny to. Does that make it funny to other people, or does it make it funny to you? Do you do you think it's funny, or you think it's that's why other people are laughing? I think it's funny for different reasons. So for for like a misogynist dude who already don't give a fuck about women, it's funny in one way. For somebody like me who's not misogynist, but knowing what I know, like I respect women, but knowing that someone's trying to make me laugh and the shit they're yeah. saying is actually funny. It's funny for yeah. me in a different way. So okay. like so like for me, like until something, until like there's some deep look inside his real life, it's yeah. like not on social media, not on anything that's public. Like I can't know if that man really believes that in real life. Because I say You're some right. terribly misogynistic shit that I know I know I do. Yeah, yeah, I'm, like, I'm red. <laughs> and like and like, and like it's, <laughs> it's it's learned from like other people that have been around me in my life. So I might repeat it or it might be funny to me, whatever. But I don't really believe that. Like, I don't. I don't need as funny as fuck, bro. It's, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely varies from person to person. And for most people, yeah, you would have to like actually talk to them on a like a human level and be like, mm -hmm. you yeah. Know, so then why would you believe that's the case for him? That like he actually believes it. 
because I've seen like so many of him talking like in a normal he conversation. He wants to be evil so bad. I'm saying. So, but I mean, okay. So, all right. So we're having an intellectual conversation right now about comedians, but do you think more people go to comedy shows and think that? Like they think, oh, I wonder how misogynistic this guy's going to be tonight. Or I wonder if this and that, you know, nobody, you well, buy a ticket to a comedy show, you're not buying it because you're, you don't, you don't buy it or debate about buying it because, oh, I wonder if he's going to be completely PC tonight. You know, you're buying it because you're trying to escape for that. Like those people buying the tickets are the people that's keeping that guy being funny. And like, and like Andrew Schultz is a, is a character. Like he's a character, he's a caricature of himself. So even if you see him on interviews, he's still going to be, you know, a little cartoonish. A little bit because you got a camera funny, but you're still like, I I, I think that's just how he is in real life. Like I play this guy in real life. You gotta tell. I feel I feel with shows because I I, that's how I am. (laughs) Like I say some outrageous shit. Like it is what it is. Like and and really don't be getting the fuck with motherfuckers be thinking like okay. Yeah, examine where you at. I mean, you be where you are. Um, Mm -hmm. like I said with Brian though, like number one, if somebody is telling you that you said something offensive or whatever, like I just think. As a human being that considers himself a good human being, you should at least examine what they're saying. That's not to say that you should change your whole act, your whole behavior, nothing like that. But if somebody's like, say, if you say some shit in mid sentence and somebody's like, whoa, what the fuck does that mean? Like, sit with that for a minute and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That's human. I, I own it. That's, that's a decent human it. being. You listen to it, you, you hear it. Doesn't mean you have to, I mean, mean you know, realize that you. I mean, but as a comedian, let me ask you this as a comedian, don't y'all know, like, don't y'all think about the, I guess, the ramifications or the effect that some people or the joke that it's going to have on some people? Like, don't y'all think about that beforehand or do you not? No. I, okay. First, I said no. <laughs> I don't you want to go first? <laughs> you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, go ahead, bro. You, you sound like you was on it. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I, again, like I said, you're going yeah, to a man. comedy show, Okay. Have you ever, if you ever been in that comedy show, you know how comedy shows go, okay? Uh, I keep saying this over and over again, life is funny. And I've dealt with a hard life, you know? I've dealt with a lot, like to the point, you know, me being Albano growing up, you know, like to, it's like suicide thoughts and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know? So when I tell a joke to cater to a crowd, because, you know, I, people have been joking on me my whole life, right? I've been built for, to stand up, stand up comedy. I've been built since six or seven. People have been saying all kinds of light bright. Oh, you know, I thought that was offensive, but me being 35, that's pretty funny. I do glow in the dark, you know, stuff like that. You know, like that, that, that doesn't hurt. I'm using me as an example. I'm just saying, you know, as you're saying, Mike, like if somebody was to come up to me and say, oh, whoa, what are you doing? No, I don't think that's right. They won't say it in the middle of a comedy show. You know, obviously, you know, I'm a, you know me, I'm a good hearted person. I care about everybody. You know, you know, my whole life, you know, I, I, I'm very empathetic. Right. But as a com in a comic, as a comic and in a comedy show, I can't write a joke because no matter what I can say, you know why the sky is blue? Because the God got bored, right? I'll offend at least one person, right? So as a comic, you can't sit there and write a joke and worry That's about not, who yeah. you're gonna offend. And you're not gonna because you're gonna offend somebody. I can tell you the sky is blue, and Will can be like, "Oh no, I'm mad." That's t- 
kill. Why would you yeah, say it's blue? No, you know? no, this, so this is what I was saying earlier. Like, I'm not saying you have to rewrite your jokes. I'm saying you already hit the nail on the head. If you did a routine and yeah, nobody, unless they're a heckler, no one's going to stand up in the middle of the crowd, the middle of your routine, be like, I think this guy's green. They're going to wait till after the show. Like, say somebody well, that's why I say you got to be show. That's why I said as a comic, and I'm pretty sure Sauce knows this, if you're telling a joke, and the crowd's not following this. You got to have some social. You got to have some kind of social awareness. He's not going to sit there. He's not going to sit there and tell a joke, and start getting booed, and still carry on the joke. Like you know, he can kind of tell where the room is going or what's going to happen. That's what I was saying about the whole social awareness. The the answer to your question about do I care about the what the fans react beforehand? No. Yes. Like um, basically what it is that. The way I write my jokes, like I don't make jokes for other people. I make them for me. I, 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 I it comes into my brain what I find funny, mm-hmm. like, like because because I can't think about other people, like, like that, that. That's pretty much how my jokes come about. That oh, I think this is pretty funny. This take is pretty funny. Blah blah blah. Now what I will do, like if I'm if I wanted to make a joke. I'm gonna make it. Like real, I don't care. They, they my homies call me cojones because I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say this shit. But the thing is, like, what I can do because the the key to um, dirty comedy is the is if you can make it funny or not. So if I got a joke that I know for a fact is gonna offend people, now it's my job to format that joke. And find a way to soften the blow, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, right. so basically, uh, like I give an example. Uh, when Kobe Bryant died, guy rest so I made a Kobe Bryant joke the same fucking week, oh, the same week, and and so many people like like the thing is I had asked Facebook, I, I put on Facebook, I said, "Is it too soon to make Kobe Bryant joke?" And everybody lost their fucking mind and then I, I actually had a conversation with somebody and this kind of lit a fire on me I tell this the story all the time this one person looked at me and said that jokes about Kobe Bryant are cool but you aren't funny enough to make it funny he said you aren't skilled enough to make it funny. What's your personal? I said all right bet all right <laughs> so I, I sat at home and it, it for like two three days I sat there and 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 work the angle, like, how can I do, how can I make this funny, I'm gonna make it funny, like, I had it in my head, but it was like, I gotta make this picture motherfucking perfect, airtight, blah, 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 and I sat there, and it took me like three days to come up with this joke, and I nailed it, ping, 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 nailed it on point, some people were mad, some people weren't, but everybody was laughing, either laughing, smiling, or giggling. so it's like, okay, it I did it, you feel me? Yeah. So. One thing I would say more than anything with this whole situation is because I mean, I, I respect that y'all, you know, are admitting that, you know, I'm saying some offensive shit that people ain't gonna like and I got to deal with it, whatever. One thing I don't like is when people say some shit that they know is inflammatory. And then when mm-hmm. people come for their necks, like say like, oh, y'all infringing on my freedom of speech as if you putting that energy out there mm-hmm. does not return that energy back to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you say if you're telling the Kobe Bryant joke, which I don't want to hear the joke because I might cancel you on this show right here. But like, if you're telling the Kobe Bryant joke, right? You gotta shoot a joke. No, I'm playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
Hey, look, look, this joke is so good. I bet you you won't get offended. I, I actually want to hear the joke. Do it. Let me, me, let me finish my sentence real quick. For a joke. Before I kick you off the stage. Um, no, if you tell a Kobe Bryant joke in like the middle of Los Angeles in the Staples Center and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, Just you expect. You don't like, know, Mike, that that ain't dumb now. Hold on. <laughs> Until we hear the joke, don't finish that sentence, Mike. No, no, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like, I might even find a joke funny, me personally, because I'm just, I got a sense of humor. But I'm saying, if you put that kind of energy out there, you got to expect that it's going to be some type of the energy thrown back at you. I don't of like course. when people act mm-hmm. surprised when the energy comes back at them, is what I'm saying. No, 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 like, no, no. You no. Go that route. That's the thing. Me, I, I'm all about accountability. So it's just like, if I say some shit, I know that some people might not like it, and some people might even impress me about it. But the thing is, I can't take it back. And and I already made it okay with myself that I can let this come up my mouth. So it's just like, hey, it is what it is. Like, if you mad, oh, the fuck well, I can't control how you react. But I do understand that reactions may happen. That's, that's just how it is. So, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I like, like, I... I when I be like doing like little statuses and stuff on Facebook, I'm be like, okay, this the hill I'm gonna die on today. That's what like, you gotta I, come to I'm already right prepared myself. Like, hey, this, this, like, it is what it is. I also like just know that you can take stuff back if you wanted to. Like, if you wanted to, you can be like, actually, I was wrong for that. If you wanted to, I actually okay. I was wrong for that. I take that shit back. Like, you can't do that. All right, so the people that know me for many years, and Mike, you know me for many years, like you know what I stand for and what I don't stand for, right? So if I was to tell a joke on stage that I, just like Saul said earlier, like, because when I write jokes, I write jokes that I think, I think are funny, right? Because I'm not sitting here in a crowd full of 10 people with like a read room. Hey, what do you guys think? Y'all think this is funny, you know? Like we write jokes and then we, that we think are funny and then we go on stage and tell the joke. Maybe I'll tell a joke to one, actually, I don't even do that. Nine times out of 10, like when I did your comedy, sh- I mean, I did your show for you like last year, I didn't write any jokes. Like I just showed up and went on stage because that's just how I operate. I'm better, you know, thinking off the top of my, top of my head. But you know how I am as a person, as an individual, you know, you know what I believe in, what I stand in, you know, and I have my close friends and whatnot, you know, no matter what, even if I went on stage and I was the most PC perfect person ever, there's going to be a group of people that's going to think, oh no, this, there's just something off with this guy, right? You can't please everybody. And I can't sit there and think about what this person is going to think about me because they're not living my life. I'm living my life. They're not, you know, Mm -hmm. putting food on the table for me or putting clothes on my back or a roof over my head for me to sleep in. So I think that it comes down to like, as a comic, you got to be strong on what you believe in and what you know is right. Right. Or even if you know it's wrong, you're still going to tell the joke anyway. You know, like I'll write a joke. And, and sometimes I've told jokes. Like I told you like that slavery joke. I thought that joke was funny, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I thought it was hilarious. Like, Oh man, because when you, know, you really think about that's real life, you know, I've never heard of any stories of albinos being born in slavery time. I know it's happened. You know, they can't. I'm not the you first. Know it ha- you know, it happened to him, right? You know what? Tell me. So, let me write this down. This nigger was defective. Throw him out. <laughs> Cancel him. 
That's where cancel culture came from. I was canceled. I just been brought back because of cancel culture. Thank you. <laughs> Why you think culture. you ain't ever seen no midget slaves? He can't work. Throw him out. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Now think about it. That probably did really happen. I'm yeah, I'm telling you, man. I ain't never think about it before. Yeah, that that's why I made the joke because nobody thought about like I never heard anybody say anything about albino slaves, right? Yeah, and I'm man, half African. I, I'm half African American. You would care sunburn them fields, man. They didn't want no albino slaves. Like nah, yeah, ain't gonna let them long. They want to put me inside. They want to put us inside because we couldn't see anything. I'd be spilling the lemonade all over the lady. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry, ma'am. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, master. I just can't see. They won't believe that. Hey, Mike, you prepared for this Kobe Bryant joke? Oh shoot! Here we go. Hold on. Man, look, I, I, I'm gonna tell you too, man. Look, it, it ain't even. It ain't even bad. Don't even. It, it's just the angle I thought about. So, happy you know, Kobe Bryant, man. Um, that day was extra crazy to me because I seen more black men crying in slave movies, and so. I, um, my homeboy looked at me and he was like, hey, bro, why ain't you crying? Why aren't you sad? I looked at him in his face and I said that because I didn't need Kobe Bryant. My dad came home from the store all those years. Oh, my gosh. I'm leaving. Y'all have a good night. So no, everybody. A, my dad wasn't in my life. That's a personal. Let me let me cancel this real quick. <laughs> Because a lot of people look that black. (laughs) (laughs) God dang. (laughs) So it's a perfect example. Mike's talking about about cancel culture. Right. Uh, Cut them off. That wasn't too bad, was it? No, it wasn't that bad. That was devastating. It was just making fun of like all the, you know, because like Kobe was a father figure to a lot of these, you know, mm-hmm. fatherless kids. It is what it is. And that Myself was included, nigga. Yeah, yeah. So so basically that makes sense that that's the anger came from. Like it didn't make fun of him actually dying, or it didn't make light of the situation. It was just and make uh, like a fatherless black boy. You're talking about a general thing that happens. Yeah, like statistically, yeah. that's like a general thing. That and that's and that's smart com- uh, comedy right there. And for no, you, I mean, it's great. You can't get offended over facts. Statistical <laughs> facts. You can't get offended you can, over you, anybody But can you can't. Like, I heard yeah. what you said. I'm sorry. I don't disagree with anything you just said, Brian. And in your general senses, uh, general sentiment of what y'all are saying, I don't disagree with any of it. Um, it's just as a, as you know, as a public facing artist, um, I don't think you're ever above criticism in general, like actual good constructive criticism. I don't, I don't criticism all the time. I think more than anything, like your audience, your audience will always let you know like how they feel about your art. I think it's great that y'all make jokes for yourself first and foremost, because that's what I make art for art for myself first and foremost. That's what Patrice was about. Like Patrice said the same thing. Like there was days that he didn't even feel like getting on stage. Like he didn't even want to look at people. Like he just wanted to be funny about some shit. Like in the you know street somewhere. Like he's he said his best times was just kicking it with like Kev Hart and them in the alleyway, or whatever, just cracking jokes on one another. So like. Yeah, but when you uh, when you do choose to hop on that stage and be a public facing artist, like and people do give you certain feedback, like I think it's good to just listen. Like there's a general consensus, and you know, shift to the nonsense. But like in general, like and even kept on stage. This is how this is to y'all point. Like even the quote unquote clean comedians deal with this. Kept on stage, who has never put himself on that platform, 
never called himself a clean comedian. He just did more clean material. When he started talking about um, sex with his wife on, um, was it on his podcast? I think it was. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a huge church following. These Christian niggas came for his ass, like flooding his comments. Like, I can't believe you're talking about butt sex and that, 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 that. And he made my, a- my wife. What you mean? Why? 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 I got a wife. We can do all the nasty stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that, and in the Bible, it's in the Bible. That's my wife. No, nope, not not here. It's not. Oh, <laughs> but like he made a whole statement, which I don't. You know, the whole statement thing. Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's like you can't be feeding into that energy. But if he made a whole statement about like y'all not gonna tell me not to talk about sex with my wife. I know that much. Hey, 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 hey I'm going to let y'all know this for future reference. As I continue to grow, whatever. If y'all ever see me on TV doing a public apology, they are threatening my life. I got it. <laughs> I am listening to that. <laughs> it is some other shit going on. I'm yeah. never apologizing. You need to learn Morse code, and I'll learn it too, because I will. We'll, we'll come. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to blink three times real fast. That's it. But I'm. Yep. You know, that's that's just comedy. Like you know, just like you said, Mike. You know, we writing jokes for ourselves. If we start writing jokes for the crowd, and nowadays as it's slowly forming, the crowd is starting to be the same thing. Like everybody is so trend steady setting or worried about being left behind the group. Like that group is, you know, combining. So if we all stick to trying to please the group, we're all going to end up saying the same thing. Nobody wants that. That mundane same thing is going to be the first person to say whatever it is, and then everybody's going to be left behind. Like I said, like he was saying, um, Kevin Hart tells general stories about everybody's life, but it's just this goofy thing. If we were all just like him, ain't none of us gonna get nowhere. None of us can eat except for him, except for that one person. And you, yeah, you think he's gonna care? Nah, he got the money. He got he got where he wanted to be. We all just sitting there struggling. Oh well, I'm just as funny as him. Yeah, well, he was the first, but you can't step out of this box. You can't go left. You can't go right. You got to stay in this straight line. Everybody's got to stay in a straight line. So all, every comedian starts worrying about staying in that box. You know, what's the point You're of doing be it? You lose your creativity. And, and you like, like, if you do that, like, like that, that's almost regressing. Like, yeah, it, well, it, it's just like, say, we got all these broad topics to talk about, but the more you try to, uh, you know, Stay politically right. You you keep cutting stuff off. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's just well, like yo, like what about this stuff? It's fun on that side of the fence. Yeah, hey, we forgot about that. Rock and roll. Remember rock and roll when 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 Elvis started doing that and shaking his hips and everything. You know, because it was all one genre. Like rock and roll was just two four two four beats there beats mm-hmm. there, and he started. Going off on a tangent, everybody just went, "Oh no, well, he's it, a it, devil! It, this it, is it, devil it, music." Historically correct when he starts stealing mom yeah, from niggas. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. You're right. He's right. Now he's right. He's right. Uh, but I was using that example. You know what I mean? He was right. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't Elvis that actually made rock and roll. Okay. Well, I think um, but that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the role of an artist, man. I was just talking about my artist friends on Wednesday. Like, we as artists have to create, we got to make tools we never knew we could create to create something the world has never seen before. That's the hardest job in the world versus somebody who, you know, goes to work, somebody has already made this place, establishment, clock in, clock out, get your paycheck, keep it moving. Like, we decided to be rebels out here and create a whole, a whole universe 
on our own. And that's the responsibility we take on. So I appreciate y'all, man. We're going to get into the thirst of the week. Um, this is about the time. This is going to be Brian's favorite part of the show. But we just celebrate any black woman that's out here doing a darn thing. Yeah. Being, gra- <laughs> being great. Who that is? This is- <laughs> oh, man. He came back. Hey. Hey, why sauce run right back when you clicked the music? Food. When you said black women, that man ran right back. Who that is? Yeah, Michael, they're the best. But who does it? This is the lovely Miss Kyla Janae Lacey, an amazing poet and author out of Georgia. Uh, she has been featured in The Root, Huffington Post, BET, Right About yeah. Now, All Dead Poetry, Afropunk, uh, BuzzFeed, uh, and most importantly, most importantly, a little known show here in Columbia, South Carolina called Blue Note Poetry. Co-founded by your boy over here. Um, this well, is when that's how y'all doing that? We bring it back in September, man. That's the plan. Is she going to be there? We got to wait to September? <laughs> is she going to be there? Hopefully, man. Hopefully she'll come through. Hey, man, if you keep asking questions, I don't think she's going to come with this cancel culture yeah, and everything. You, you got to. Come on, man. I, I support black women. <laughs> I hear you, but you only talking about this one woman. <laughs> The difference between black women and black women. I mean, look here, she she part of it. <laughs> All right, I tried. Sorry, sorry. What's her name? So sorry, Kayla. Kyla. Kyla. What's her Kyla. name? Kyla. Jaws Jase. Everybody, shut up, please. Wow. Um, if you want to find her on IG, it's at Kyla J Lacey, and on Twitter, it's at Kyla underscore Lacey. Um, like I said, phenomenal poet. Also very controversial. She did a, a poem that has been viral Wait a couple a times called White Privilege, which why you, you click on wait, why are you clicking on these? Hey, go, go, like, go to the other thing. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> why are you clicking? Why are you being select? Oh, there it is. Wait. There it is. There it is. Hey, you're gonna have to re- be at the poetry thing. <laughs> so so we'll all be there in September. Uh what is it? <laughs> I don't know if she's going to be there, man. Y'all going to creep her out too much for her to come through now. You're the one doing it. You're the one selecting the phone. I'm celebrating her as a black artist. And y'all are uh, that was Y'all are Please take this I, down. I please. am appreciative. <laughs> look, look, you know what you're doing. Look, look, look. He think he's lit. Mike. Come on, Mike. Who's in like, control of this? There you know, was 30,000 photos and you selected just Will few, did that whole thing. Few. I was just reading. Couple of thirst traps, yeah. You were reading, but slick. I get just let you guys know. And then, and then, and then, half the people aren't listening to you. So when they show up and she's not there, now you got to write. You got that? That's all on you. I'm me writing, man. Speaking, speaking of writing, man, it's crazy that I wish that Derek Tobin was innocent. No, I had some things I wanted to loot. Oh God! And it was like, damn, they just fucked that shit up for me. I, tell you, I had a whole outfit out for that. I thought we were, mm. yeah, man. I found some. Yeah, I had went and pulled some bricks from the abandoned house. I was ready. Man. I'm sorry, I gotta put y'all looting outfit. Did y'all sleep next to it in bed, like on high school? I did, you man. Yep. I, I bought did. that. I made that bat from Walking Dead, Lucille, just in case <laughs> mm-hmm. for my safety, man. But. Hey, and now we got loot, all this man. crap just sitting there. Oh my god! I had I had a target in mind. See, I had went in Target prior and I had put all the stuff prior in a, corner, in a corner so that nobody would see it. And yeah. as soon as they said "boom, innocent," we're gonna go in that bitch. Now it's gonna be all right. 
I was a guide because I'm a daywalker. You know, I was like, I had like a team. I'll leave you in. Ain't nobody get hurt as long as you with me. Before, but by the time they realize it, we in and out, baby, real smooth. I had this lined up, man. I was sixty dollars a team. No trash. <laughs> we do appreciate y'all coming through. Thank y'all so much, man. This is fun. It's a great podcast. I can I Shamelessly plug yourself, my man. Yeah, go ahead. All right. It's your boy Sauce God Joe's. You can follow me on all forms of social media. Well, the most important ones, which is um, YouTube, Twitter, and IG at SauceGodJokes71. If you want to be offended, follow your nigga. But I'm, I'm working clean, too, though. So, you know what I'm saying? If you got some, if you got some birthday parties of some weddings. See, I'm doing clean and dirty, so I can do the wedding and the reception. What's up? What's time to do? Yeah, anything you want to plug, Brian? Yeah, I... Uh, I'm doing a lot of hosting a lot of Mike's bottomless parties and um, uh, Will Patterson's foot fetishes uh, extravaganza. If y'all want to hit me up, you know, that's your boy, Brian Garcia. Just hit me up. Let you know, show up to their parties. You'll see what I do. I make magic. Please do not hit him up. No, because okay, he wants to be all for himself. I, Mike, I'll, I'll hey, tell hold you up. Um, what, what's up with, with them foot fetish parties? That's all that's Will, baby. Will, Talk man. to him. Will. Hey, Will, Will lick them lips. Let him know. How I get an invite to that? But for real, this All was right. fun. This was fun. I haven't done stand-up comedy in a minute. Let's wrap this up. Back into it. Brian <laughs> really does this bottomless party shit by himself because it was one time we was at a party and Brian was in a room by himself. He kept telling two people to come to the room. No one would go in the room. I finally went in the room. This motherfucker's in there and in the dark with his pants off by himself. But <laughs> did you die? Did you have a good time? He had a good time. See, that's the party leaves out. That's the party leaves out. We're not airing the show. All right. Love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. <laughs> hey, thank y'all so much, man. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Uh, two weeks. I'm going to go to sleep. I appreciate you guys. <laughs>